Welcome back to the Broncos Avenue podcast. I'm your host, Amir, with my co-host, Jordan, today to go ahead and break down everything with Sean Payton and obviously following the trade days later. Um, going to go ahead and break everything down from his uh, you know, offense to his you know, background, history, everything about him, his characteristics, um, who he could potentially build on the staff and a few players uh, who we can potentially bring in um, to join him uh, on this Denver Broncos team. Um, without, you know, with that being said, before we jump into all of this and more, uh, you know, a few days, two, two days after the trade, how are you? How are you feeling about this, Jordan? I'm feeling good, man. I've been really going into detail about Sean Payton and, you know, his mm-hmm. past and a lot of the Saints offices and stuff like that. So I've been good. Great to hear. Great to hear. And uh, first, we're going to I want to go ahead and clear up something because it's been talked about, you know, it's been talked about quite a bit these last 48 hours. So Schefter and Rappaport, it seems like they they always got some kind of beef going on. I mean, obviously, Rappaport, (laughs) NFL Network, Schefter, ESPN. um, It's it's kind it's kind of like a a Walmart target thing. It's, you know, they're not really, you know, coinciding. So we got a report that. we got a report from Rappaport about, you know, the Broncos head coach search right after we traded for Sean Payton. He claims that the Broncos. So here's a timeline. He he claims he says the Broncos zeroed in on a deal with D'Amico Ryans. Then they tried to lure Jim Harbaugh and then they negotiated a trade for Sean Payton over the weekend. Then on Monday, they tried to hire D'Amico Ryans again. Um, as well as Tuesday, before they finally reached a trade with the Saints and GM Mickey Loomis for Sean Payton to be their next head coach. Then Schefter literally comes out and says, as well as Mike Kliss and other uh, you know reporters, they come out and say that the Broncos stopped talking to D'Amico Ryans ever since last Sunday, and the trade was finalized Tuesday evening. So um, definitely some conflicting reports here. I think you guys should probably lean more towards listening to Schefter here. I know a lot of people have been talking about, you know, uh, man, Sean Payne was the Broncos' third offer. That they, they once again fumbled the bag, not getting their top target. I don't think that's the way this went. Um, I think everybody is kind of looking at this as um, the Broncos once again just didn't get the the guy that they wanted. But, I mean, to finalize a trade like this, you have to work on it for several days. It's not just a one-day thing where, oh, we didn't get D'Amico Ryan, so we're just immediately going for Sean Payton. Um, you know, they both, Rapport and Schefter, said that the, the deal was being, you know, negotiated since this past weekend, and which, by the way, it was confirmed by, um, you know, a source that Sean Payton indeed did have a second interview with the Broncos over the weekend. Um, so this this kind of explains for why the head coach search and the hire took quite a bit. But uh, what, what do you kind of think about all these uh, reports and, uh, you know, the varying uh, differences between Schefter and Rapport in the situation? Yeah, I kind of picked up on it, like, once it was all reported and everything like that. Like, you know, it was kind of two sides of it and which one that you that I believed. I, I think I kind of went with Ian Rappaport, with, or whichever one said that the Broncos, you know, wanted D'Amico. They were kind of zeroed in on D'Amico. I'm on that side about it for a bit because, I mean, it was reported that, you know, he was the leading candidate. And you kind of see the same thing. It was like a trend almost. It's like what George Payton, what George Payton loves to do, go through all his options. So it's kind of like the Aaron Rodgers, Russell Wilson thing. You know, we're waiting on Aaron Rodgers, and uh, we 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 talk with Seattle. We got a deal on hold for Russell Wilson. As soon as we get the Aaron Rodgers news, okay, fine, we're going straight to Russ. The Russ deal goes through. I think this was kind of one of those things. I feel like the Broncos were really high on D'Amico, and once they kind of figured out D'Amico was going to Houston, like I feel like, you know, during the process, they got a deal done with uh, Mickey Loomis, and we just put it on hold. Once D'Amico said, look, man, I'm going to Houston, they went to Harbaugh. Harbaugh was like – 
there's no chance I'm coming back. I'm, go, I'm leaving Michigan. Like, I, I already got players. I don't already feel like the Broncos like, okay, you know what? Let's just let's get this trade done. Let's get Sean Payton. I think it kind of went more like that instead of, like, Broncos are just zeroed in on Sean Payton. Because I feel like if that was the case, then they wouldn't have, you know, kept trying to reach out to D'Amico, you know, consistently. And the trade would have been done about a week ago. But, yeah, I, that, that's, that's just how I feel on it. Yeah, I agree with like two two sides of it. So I do think that the Broncos did have D'Amico Ryan's high on their uh, you know high on their list. Um, you know, obviously they were. It was reported by a lot of sources that they kind of he was their front runner for a little bit. Um, but after we kind of got the idea that Sean Payton really wasn't going to Arizona, he left Arizona without a a contract offer. Um, we kind of got an idea that they were going to really make a trade and a run at Sean Payton and. Um, there's a force that they haven't talked to him since Sunday. I don't know. We can all speculate it, speculate on it. But at the end of the day, Sean Payton is our next head coach. Super excited. I'm going to go ahead and jump into everything, you know, in detail today. Um, so uh, starting off, let's just go ahead and jump in uh, to uh, Sean Payton's background and history. So obviously the basics, we, we know a lot of you guys know, um, but just to, you know, give you guys an idea, he coached the Saints from 2006 all the way to uh, 2021. He had an 152 and 89 uh, record with the New Orleans Saints. It's a 63% winning percentage. It doesn't seem too high, but it's it, it's pretty high. He has the 23rd most wins of all time, the 17th highest percentage uh, coaching winning percentage of all time. I mean, he's definitely one of the greats. Um, and he, he now he's now in the mile high. Um. You know, and then he also obviously has the most wins in our Saints Saints franchise history. Also has the most playoff wins in Saints franchise history with nine. He won Coach of the Year in two thousand six. Um, that's literally the that's literally the year that he got to New Orleans. So it's it's pretty impressive. Um. He was a quarterbacks coach, uh, you know, for Philly from 1997 to 1998. He was an OC for New York Giants from uh, 2000 to 2002. Since he was the assistant head coach and the quarterbacks coach for Dallas from 2003 to 2004. He was assistant head coach, passing game coordinator for Dallas in 2005, um, to then eventually being hired as the head coach for the New Orleans Saints in 2006. And then going all the way to 2021, where he would eventually um, step down as a head coach and go into retirement for a year. Um, obviously, lots of experience, lots of experience. You know, he obviously had coaching experience there at Illinois and San Diego State in college, comes in the NFL, shows lots of, uh, you know, vast improvement. Um, he, he's just one of those offensive geniuses. Wherever he was going, the team was winning. Um, and he was just a big impact. I mean, you look at New Orleans when he was with the Saints. It's like Drew Brees, obviously great quarterback. We can't take that away from him. As soon as he's, you know, going to Sean Payton's offense, it seems like he just takes that next step. A guy like Russell Wilson, who's undersized, can really make, you know, all the throws from the pocket and can really, you know, utilize, you know, any advantage that he can in offense, especially in, you know, uh, Sean Payton's, uh, you know, West Coast offense. It, it's just really cool to see. And then once, uh, you know, Drew Brees retires and, Jameis Winston coming off, you know, a 30 touchdown, 30 interception season goes to um, New Orleans with, uh, um, you know, Sean Payton. And it seems like he almost entirely flips the script. People were looking at him as a dark horse MVP candidate. And that's all because of Sean Payton. And as soon as Sean Payton steps down, what happened to Jameis Winston? It's like every, everything, you know, completely went off the cliff. So it it just shows that it shows so much, you know, how important Sean Payton uh, is to every offense that he stepped into the building in the NFL. 
Yeah, I mean, I agree with everything you said. I mean, he's just been a kind of a offensive guru, quarterback guru since he's, you know, really stepped into the league. And um think with Denver getting him, they, you know, they really believe he can take this next step with Russ, which me and you have talked about that he can. I mean, you look at what he did. I don't think he he um rarely he's rarely had a like losing seasons, not that many. Um his playoff record kind of speaks for itself. You know, the Saints were kind of had some bad calls here and there and everything like that. Yeah. But, I mean, you know, with, with his success, I mean, Sean Payton has been successful. I mean, there's been years where, you know, him and Drew Brees just couldn't figure it out. And I think a lot of that had to do more with the team aspect than really him and Drew Brees and guys, you know, being injured and things like that. I I mean, Sean Payton, is, he's a guy who – he's going to figure everything out. And, I mean, he, like you said, he could do it with Jameis. You know, if he, he can go nine and eight with Jameis being out, Ian Book and uh, who was the other Trevor guy? Trevor Simeon. Had? Trevor Simeon. And you see Taysom what he did Hill. with T- Taysom Hill. You see what he did with guys like Teddy uh, Bridgewater. He just gets the best yeah. out of guys. I mean, he gets the best out of guys. And I feel like him and Russ, it, it, it's perfect because Russ and Drew Brees are very similar, not like in terms of the play style, but in kind of the way, like just the career outlook and things. Like they're kind of very similar. Like, they're not paid men as they're not Tom Brady's, but they're still like they still have really high talent and they really have good IQ of the game. So, I mean, Sean Payton, he's going to milk Russell Wilson as much as he can. And just compared to the Saints, I think he's going to probably get more out of Russell Wilson than he did with Drew Brees because Russell Wilson can still escape the pocket and he can throw better on the run and things like that. Yeah, there was a former quarterback that came out on Twitter. I believe it was yesterday. I can't remember who he was, but he said that Sean Payne is the kind of guy that if he goes to your team, he single-handedly will get you four more wins that you would have gotten before with any other coach, which is just absolutely a big, you know, a big thing to say and big high praise for Sean Payton. It's like he's almost like a, a you know, a valuable extra football player on that field like he's just a he's a 12th guy you know they talk about you know the seattle um the 12s with the crowd being so much into effect but sean payton he's he's like a 12 essentially he's he's that important and effective and impactful as an nfl head coach his ability to call plays manage the game keep his players motivated keep them you know even in the you know um in downtimes where they're down, you know, two plus scores, he's able to battle them, you know, help them battle through adversity. He's the guy that you rally from. He's the guy that has that infectious leadership that, you know, rubs off on the players. And, you know, I like that you brought up Teddy Bridgewater because Teddy Bridgewater never would have got that bag in Carolina if it wasn't for his time in, uh, you know, um, in the New Orleans with Sean Payton. He obviously started off 5-0 and and he just looked like, you know, the ultimate game management manager that was just helping them win game after game after game and it's like when you know uh teddy bridgewater was in that new orleans offense everybody's like man is it it's gonna be really hard to move on from you know uh teddy whenever drew comes back so yeah it was just it was really cool to see what he's done with almost literally every quarterback that he's played with i mean you look at literally every quarterback that he's coached and it's hard to find any that were not successful under him um and you know you talked about that stretch where it was a little bit you know difficult for them to pick it up um i know in 2014 through 2016 they had three straight seven and nine uh seasons i know my brother's a saints fan so i always gave him hell for that con you know just saying uh texting him seven and nine but you know after they had that seven and nine stretch they really picked it up. I mean, you never see this. They had just below average season, below average season, below average season. Then they go to 11 and 5, 13 and 3, 13 and 3. 2018, they had the most uh, wins in the NFL. Two, 12 yes. and 4, 2020. Then 9 and 8 with, like you said, Ian Book, Trevor Simeon, uh, you know, Jameis Winston. It's pretty incredible, remarkable. Yeah. And I mean, a lot of those seasons, you know, you look, their defense was poor. And as soon mm-hmm. as their defense started to get picked up, they started winning more games and they were, you know, starting being able to 
compete again. Um, but no, yeah, I agree. I agree with you said. You know, just Sean Payton's a guy. It's not like he's not a normal coach. He's a generational coach. So when you bring him in, you're obviously going to win more games. He's going to have that Andy Reid, that Bill Belichick, that Mike Tomlin effect. You're just going to win more games just because he's in the building and just the work he puts in and the change he's going to implement. It's going to increase to more wins. I mean, Broncos aren't going to – I mean, how many wins do we get this season? Five, four? Five. Five, yeah. So, it's not going to be one of those seasons. Um, I know the line changed for us to, I think, I think the line jumped for us at four and a half wins to, um, was it eight and a half wins? Like a nine-win football team. So, I mean, we're already predicted to be, you know, have a, a record over 500. So, I mean, yeah, I, even, I'm not, we haven't made any changes yet either. Yeah, we haven't made any changes. Just brought in Sean Payton. So, I'm not surprised by it at all. Sean Payton, I mean, he's going to come in. I think, you know, we've been saying it for weeks, he's going to fix everything. And it just, I just want to say, you know, people saying, well, can he fix Russ? I just think that's a bad term. I just think, what, like, yeah, it is. I wouldn't say fix Russ. I mean, I just feel like, can he get the best out of Russ? I think that's just the way you got to say it. Like, can, can we see Russ again, like how we did in Seattle? And that's just everything building the offense around him. Yeah, I look at it more as like, can you replenish Russ? Can you, um, I wouldn't say save Russ. It's, it just seems like it, I understand it seems like from a, you know, a statistical standpoint that he just fell off a cliff and his career is over, but it, it's just not that it's, it's not like that. Cause he literally just had one of the worst head coaches in the NFL history, some terrible injuries, which by the way, I don't know how, um, Lauren that Landau is still employed, but, um, I'm sure Sean Payne's going to be able to uh, be, you know, assembling a whole new training staff and coaching staff, which we're about to get to in a little bit. But yeah, I'm just super excited because, you know, Russell Wilson coming off one of the worst coaching staffs in his, you know, coaching career or excuse me, uh, quarterbacking career. Um, it's a jump from this to Sean Payton will make wonders. We saw what it did with Drew Brees and, you know, Drew Brees, it's not like he went from a hacket to Sean Payton and he was still able to make a big jump. So imagine the jump Russell Wilson's going to make. And Russell Wilson is a much more um, mobile guy. He, he's incredible in the bootleg action. Like Sean Payton said, he wants to, you know, improve with Russ and, implement more in his game i think he's just sean Payne's gonna adapt so well to what russell wilson does best and it's just gonna it's just gonna show really quickly i feel like every year it's like we we see these new coaches come in and we're like all right guys maybe you should give it a little bit before it finally comes comes on but i really think sean Payne. i'm just getting a really really good feeling that from week one you're gonna see massive massive improvements yeah and i, and I think it all goes back to you know building around russ and building around the system i mean if you look at Sean Payton's past offenses, you know, the strengths it was was getting the ball out quick, giving it, dumping it mm -hmm. off to the running back, or having really fast receivers. I mean, if you look at the Saints, what was different between New Orleans and the Broncos, the Saints never really had any big, humongous receivers. I mean, you Michael Thomas, I think he's a little six foot, six one, something like that. And you mm -hmm. got um, Marcus Colston. But those guys were fast and they got off their releases quick. Jimmy Graham, the same way, when he was in his prime in New Orleans, he was able to get off his release you know, release quick and make some big time catches. I think you're going to try to, I think we'll probably see more of that in Denver. Uh, it's going to be tough. You got Tim Patrick and Corlin Sutton. You know, those are kind of, you know, the bigger guys, not as fast as Sean Payton is used to work with, but expect Russ to get the ball out a lot quicker, a lot of more play actions, a lot of more running backs coming out the backfield. Um, you know, just more of that. And, which, you know, he, he, he always loves to run a two back system. I give him that, you know, just, uh, so expect us to get like a pass catching back guys like a Jared McKinnon, Gio Bernard, Kareem Hunt, maybe, you know, all those guys are free agents. So mm -hmm. I, I just think you, Russ is going to be a lot of more speed on the outside. Like don't, don't be surprised if KJ lines up more on the outside this season, or maybe he's still lined up in the slot, but a lot more on the outside and Russ get a quick throw off to him. 
because Sean Payton, he loves those. He loves those quick slot receivers. Brandon Cooks, Ted Ginn, uh, Kenny Stills, Willie Sneed. He loves those guys. Absolutely. I love that you bring up those guys because it, it's probably going to show that, you know, the kind of guys that they're going to go after in free agency. Really excited for uh, what the free agency is going to look like because a guy with Sean Payton, um, I'm sure lots of interest is going to be uh, drawn from multiple veterans, which, you know, we spoke a lot, you know, to measures on this podcast about how important it is to have, you know, veteran players on this team, especially on the offense, because offense is a lot less experienced than what our defense looks like. And the defense was just incredible this year. I mean, top three units. So, um, yeah, in terms of what the offense look, look like, look like you, you hit it right on the head. A lot of pass catching running backs. Um, the Champagne's offense always, always, always has high value offensive linemen. I mean, when was the last time, you know, Sean Payne had a bad offensive line in New Orleans? He always is targeting guys in the first round. Um, I mean, you look at Andrew, Andrews Pete, you look at Ryan Ramchick, you look at Cesar Ruiz. I mean, I, I, I can, yeah, I can go on. Yeah. I mean, he, he, he always has those guys. And I think that, you know, yeah, Eric McCoy, yeah, I mean, he always has like a, a solid offensive line, and just that's why Alvin Kamara and Mark Ingram can succeed at the way they did. And I think that going to Denver, that's going to be his biggest fix. And he's gonna, it's and right now you can't fix it immediately because you know you got injuries and stuff like that. You don't have a lot of draft capital for this draft. But I, I honestly think like he's gonna. You got Quinn Miners, and that's in Garrett Bowles coming off a broken leg. So I mean, expect most of our free agent signings to start off at the offensive line. A lot of contract oh, yeah. restructuring. That's going to be the biggest fix because everything starts up up front. And that's just what Sean Payton's going to have to realize, that he's realized coming to Denver like, okay, first thing, first you got to fix the offensive line. Everything else can fall into place after that, but we got to protect Russ and give Russ the best chance because last season can't happen again. That 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 just can't happen again. Like, And don't be surprised, too, if we make multiple signings, like depth signings and a lot of, like, maybe our fifth, six, seven round pick, you know, round picks are just all linemen. Don't be surprised if that's that because he's going to want to have depth there, too. So when somebody goes down, we won't have a Luke Wadenberg or somebody like that else coming up, Graham Glasgow, where they're just – it's no help. Exactly. Yeah, I mean, you hit it. everything you said there I agree with. I mean, he always – has great offensive lines and he's going to come here and immediately immediately realize because he already he already in his opening remarks talking to Jeff Duncan Saints insider that he wants to you know build a running game around Russ and to in order to get a good running game your offensive line is where it starts in the trenches is always where it starts in the NFL and a great NFL offensive genius like Sean Payton's gonna he already knows that I'm assuming I already I already I can guarantee you guys 110%. He has already some offensive linemen and free agency has circled, and he probably already has some of the draft prospects get, uh, circled. Um, I know this year we only have uh, our first picks are in the third round. I believe we have two or three third-round picks. Um, so, yeah, the, I'm assuming those first two picks are going to be um, most likely uh, probably like a left guard, center, right tackle, one of those, um, and then maybe they'll address wide receiver later. Um, but, yeah, that's that's really where the focus needs to be right now, addressing this team, because you can't, like I, you, per, you said it perfectly, you can't have another season replicated um, like last year. I mean, that was just horrible towards the end. I mean, that was one of the worst offensive lines I've seen in uh, quite some time in Denver's uh, yeah. history. Yeah, and I mean, it's kind of like what Hackett tried to run, tried to run a shotgun-style offense, you know, with like kind of what they did with Aaron Rodgers, and it just couldn't work because Russ doesn't have that much time to throw. And, you know, he didn't want to have that coming to Denver. You know, coming to Denver, it's like, I don't want to run out the pocket more. But that's his strength. But he doesn't want to have to, like, be forced to be able to do that. And I think Sean Payton's going to know, yeah, 
one off season, you're not going to fix every single offensive line problem. Like it's going to be question marks going into the season. Like is Garrett Bowles going to be healthy or are we going to bring, are we going to get another left guard? Like, I don't think every single position on the offensive line is going to be figured out. I feel like there's still going to be some gaps and some holes, but I think a lot of that is going to have to be with Russ getting the ball out quicker. Sean Payton, you know, helping Russ improve on his reads. Cause there was a lot of games, you know, this season where Russ just, mm-hmm. Russ have a tight end right here and he's looking down, down the field and that, that can't happen. So I, just expect that to happen a lot more. Hitting a lot of those Jerry Judy's running a, a lot of dig routes similar to Michael Thomas. The tight ends running little stick routes. So like just expect the, the Broncos to take whatever the defense gives them instead of them trying to look for the big play. Like teams like Buffalo and things like that. Expect for them to actually check down. Like kind of back to the Peyton Manning days. Peyton Manning just took everything they gave him. Three-yard dump off, five-yard dump off. Next thing you know, you're finna score a touchdown. And that's what Sean Payton's going to try to bring back to Denver. I'm hoping. Yeah, I mean, it's it's all about playing smart, and that's what Sean Payne was excellent at doing with Drew Brees. I mean, you would look at a lot of games. I was watching some film last night, and there's a game uh, where it was Drew Brees and uh, you know Sean Payne Saints against Aaron Rodgers and the Packers a few years back, and they were just constantly this you know the um, Packers running four quarters coverage, just not really accounting for these underneath routes and. Every single play, Drew, uh, you know, Drew Brees, Sean Payne, dialing up these checkdowns to Alvin Kamara, getting all these creative, you know, designed routes for Alvin Kamara to just absolutely destroy them. And I can't remember the stats off the top of my head, but he has some major, major receiving yardage that game. I mean, he was just absolutely cooking them because Sean Payne knew in their game plan, their slow linebackers weren't going to be able to keep up with a guy like Alvin Kamara. And you just can't help but think about how incredible Javante is going to be, you know, at full health in this offense. I am so excited about it because, you know, that that's my that's my favorite player right there because Javante, I mean, I just – I just can't help but think him and Judy and Champagne system. My goodness, it's going to be yeah. a hell of a sight. Yeah, and I mean, like defenses nowadays in the NFL aren't as good as they used to be. So I feel like at some point, Champagne, man, it, it's these 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 guys out here calling these defenses. They're they're giving up a lot of the stuff underneath because every a lot of the offense is just looking for the big play. That was one of the biggest changes for the Chiefs this year that that they had to adjust to was like. Okay, we don't have Tyreek, so we don't have that big play machine anymore. So that's why they try to go out and get Sky Moore and try to implement McCole Hartman, but they aren't Tyreek. So now Mahomes just has to force take what the defense gives them. And, you know, it was sometimes they struggled, but they got it right. They got it down. And now they're in the Super Bowl, possibly could be winning another one. So I think that that's just got to be the main focus. Take what the defense gives you and be smart about it. You let Russ get the ball out quicker. Put them on the move sometimes. You just got to switch it up. Just I think the only the only time we should see Russ in shotgun formation, honestly, is, in, is on third and long situations. I don't want to see Russ in a lot of shotgun like he was on first, second. Like, I just don't like that look. Put him on the center most of the time. That's just that's just the way I'm seeing it right now. Yeah, that's fair, and I, I do agree to an extent. Um, I know at the beginning of the season, they were running a lot of shotgun with Russ, and it's like the offensive line didn't look terrible at the beginning half of the season. Second half, where we really seen them fell off, and that's because Clint Kubiak was running Russ a little bit more under center, and it's like when you're running under center, that's an extra like two seconds where you got to drop back, and that means another two seconds where the pass rush can easily get to you. I mean, we've seen multiple games in the back half of the season where it's like, you know, um, 
was it, uh, Graham Glasgow, uh, Dalton Reisner. They were just letting guys run right by them. And, you know, when you're running, you know, under center and you're trying to, you know, uh, run play action, it's like that's extremely hard. You got a guy already blowing through. So they need to absolutely – that's another reason that proves, you know, schematically why they need to fix this offensive line because if you're running under center and you have a trash hole line, it's just simply not going to work. I mean, I see way, way too many plays last year where Russ was trying to run a play action, and as soon as he flips his eyes to his first read, boom, there's a guy right in his face ready to, you know, completely destroy him. So yeah. I I want to see lots of that improved. If they want to run some gun, you know, gun action, um, they're going to absolutely need to fix, uh, you know, left guard center, um, uh, left tackle potentially if uh, Garrett Bowles doesn't want to restructure. Um, I know he has a little hefty uh, cap hit coming up. But, yeah, they, that absolutely the entire left side of the offensive line seems – and obviously right tackle as well um, needs to be, you know, really, uh, re, you know, reconstructed. I know the right tackle um, is very key in uh, Sean Payne's offense as well. Yeah, no, it is. I'm, yeah, it, it is. Like, Teron Armstead and Ryan Ramchick was just perfect. I mean, Drew Brees didn't really have to worry about pressure on the outside like that. Russ, he does. So we'll see how it goes. I'm, I'm, I don't know if we're gonna really go out in the draft third round and go out the lineman. I think it's gonna be mainly free agency. We're gonna see a lot of free agents. I think, I think Sean Payne is just gonna pile up as as many you know high value guys that he can. I mean, he's a he's a great coach, so I, I wouldn't doubt him um, potentially. You know, one of those third round guys, but you know, being a really effective start for us. I mean, you look at Quinn Miners here in Denver. He only had one year under, uh, you know, Mike Munchak, and we we truly believe him to be, um, you know, a franchise guy. And he just dealt with one of the worst O line coaches in the NFL, um, and Chris Cooper that Hackett brought along. So um, he he's still he's still high value uh, franchise type, you know, starting right guard. So. I, th- I think there's some hope there, especially with Sean Kay- Payton being your head coach. Um, so I want to go and talk about a little bit more of the offense is going to consist of. Um, we're going to see a lot of horizontal pass concepts uh, with kind of the horizontal stretches, meaning, you know, wide receiver A pushes inside zone, wide receiver B pushes outside zone, creating space. We've seen that a lot with uh, Michael Thomas and uh, other guys like Brandon Cooks there in uh, um, New Orleans. Um, I think you're going to see a lot of that kind of like picks, screens. Um, they run a lot of picks to, you know, gain advantages, you know, getting wide open, you know, uh, routes for uh, different receivers. Um, that's something I've been whining so for so long um, since Gary Kubiak left that I want to see here in Denver. And it's not like we even saw that much even in the Peyton Manning days. So I want to see a lot of picks and uh, kind of motions in the Sean Payton offense. Sean Payton's offense, uh, obviously a West Coast offense. Um, Nathaniel Hackett, he did run um, you know, a version of the West Coast offense in Denver with, with kind of like an outside zone scheme implemented. Um, and I know what you guys are probably thinking, you know, uh, you know, it's going to be a, a easy uh, transition for this offense. Um, considering they already ran, a, um, you know, a version of the West Coast offense. But I know what you guys are thinking, you know, Sean Payton running, you know, the West Coast offense again. I mean, is it really going to be a big enough change for this offense to take the next step? I mean, you're looking at Sean Payton, one of the be- the best coaches of all time, comparing that to Nathaniel Hackett. I mean, he's a much better <laughs> coach, play caller, tons of experience under his belt calling these plays. And he just has a plethora of creative plays that are a lot different and, you know, uh, a lot of different variables from what Nathaniel Hackett was running. So, I mean, this West Coast offense is going to look miles, miles better than uh, what Nathaniel Hackett was running last year. 
Yeah, no, nah, and I, I agree with everything you said. I think, you know, it's going to be a lot of those stretches, and it's, it's going to be, a, like, more of a run. You know, he's going to love to run the ball. Like I said, you know, back in New Orleans, he loved to throw those two running back systems, whether it was Latavius and Kamara or um, Kamara and Mark Ingram. Like, he just loves it. And it's a combination of a downhill running back and a pass pass catching running back. But I think Javante, he's going to lean more towards him just being the downhill running back. And then we're going to probably bring in somebody that can just be the pass catching back. Because I, I I don't think Denver, I don't think Champagne is going to want to, as soon as he comes back, just feed him constantly. Like, oh, we, we may not. even see, like, a three-back system, like, kind of a two downhill running backs and then one pass catching running back. Because I don't think Denver's going to want to put Javante back on the field. You know, like, especially the, the week he does come back, which I think is going to be around, like, week three, week four-ish. I don't think he's going to be just – be that lead back right off the bat. I think it'll take them a few weeks to get in, to get into it. Yeah, you're going to see a lot of, um, you know, individual uh, player skill sets being valued under Sean Payton. I mean, this guy is incredible at uh, scheming specific players in specific situations for competitive advantage. He's going to get, he's going to manipulate any matchup he can to get his one-on-ones with, you know, his wide receiver on outside. He's going to do anything he can to get Jerry Judy and man coverage. I already know he's licking his chops, looking at that. I mean, Jerry Judy and man coverage is the best wide receiver in football. I mean, I could pull up the stats right now. You guys, he, he is statistically known to be the best wide receiver in football by a wide margin against man coverage. So uh, Sean Payne is going to do everything he can to, you know, motion Jerry Judy into man coverage, do anything he can to put him in, at you know, great advantages in this uh, offense, especially, you know, in the receiving game. Um, you know, Sean Payne's offenses have kind of kind of leaned more, a little bit more on the pass more than the run game. I mean, that's just kind of what it establishes from the West Coast offense, you know, dating back to, you know, Bill Parcells, Bill Walsh. Um, you know, the kind of offense that he has adapted um, over quite some time. Um, but at the same time, like you said, he has a very highly creative run game. I mean, he will do anything he can to, you know, approach with an incredible one-two back system where you have one, you know, one running back us- utilizing their skill sets, like how Mark Ingram was a great running back up the middle. And, you know, Alvin Kamara was an, a very dynamic, phenomenal uh, receiving back with, you know, incredible, you know, runs even on stretch plays and kind of, you know, counters. Um, so I think you're going to see a lot of that here in Denver. He just, what you're going to see a lot from Sean Payne is utilizing players for their skill sets and not forcing them to fit his system. Cause Sean Payne doesn't really have a specific system. He just kind of goes by what the players do best. And I'm so excited to see that we've been saying for so many years, um, ever since, um, you know, Gary Kubiak and those guys left, we need to utilize our players for their skill sets. We need to stop making Russell Wilson being Aaron Rodgers. We need to stop making Jerry Judy be a slot receiver. We need to stop making Cortland Sutton, you know, do things that he's not always the best at and what he's not known for. We need to start utilizing these individual player skill sets, and Sean Payne's the perfect fit for that. No, I agree. And a player that, you know, a lot of people – well, not Broncos, but a lot of people on NFL forgot is Tim Patrick, and I just can't wait for him mm-hmm. to get back with Sean Payton because I feel like he's going to be a key that's going to break this offense kind of wide open. You know, just being, being back able to put him back on the outside and just let him go to work. I feel like a lot of people just kind of forgot about him. It's going to be – because him. I still think that's – him and Jerry Judy are the receivers that, you know, Russ is like – because I feel like he worked with Tim Patrick the most in the offseason and everything like mm-hmm. that. I've, it's gonna he's gonna be an under the radar guy that's, that might have a huge year this year. Yeah, you already ha- yeah you already has chemistry with him. I mean, yeah. that's it's gonna be it's gonna be quite a sight. Um, and just a few last things. Um, 
he you're gonna see a lot of aggressive decisions on third and uh third or fourth down with uh sean payton i i've been waiting to see it and we're gonna finally see it he's gonna be very aggressive on third and fourth down which i'm like very excited to see and it's not like he's overly aggressive i mean he makes the right personnel decisions to you know manipulate his defense and the the kind of covers are running whether it's man or zone so i'm really excited to see what they do there and you're probably gonna see a lot of um you know, maybe over the top, you know, goal line uh, reaches from Russell Wilson, like we saw a lot from Drew Brees. I'm excited for that. Um, I think you're just going to see a lot, uh, a lot of aggressive fourth down play calling, a lot from what Dan Campbell carried on from what uh, Sean Payton's offense that he's, you know, brought to Detroit. Yeah, I mean, bro, I've been was just so waiting for this. I mean, you're gonna have the middle, like it's like Nathaniel Hacking. It will be at like the forty yard line, and like he'll it'll be fourth and two, fourth and three, and he'll bring out the punt unit. Man, be aggressive. The the season is lost. Like do something with that. Sean Payton, I guarantee you, he he's not gonna he's on he only punted at fourth and four, fourth and five, and upwards. That fourth one, fourth and two, fourth and three range. Expect Sean Payton to really be going for those and to really be aggressive. The third and shorts, call the right play. Just pick up the easy yards, take what the defense gives you. And that's just what I thought we were going to get with Nathaniel Hackett, and it just wasn't. But Sean Payton's a guy, experience. He's going to come in being he's going to come in and be aggressive. He doesn't care about who's in that division. Yeah, you got the Chargers, Raiders, and the Chiefs. Pretty sure Sean Payton believes that we can beat all of those guys, all of those teams. I mean, just look at the track records. Exactly. Um, definitely a proven guy. And let's go ahead and talk about all the notable characteristics with Sean Payton. What makes him such a great coach? Not only a schematic, you know, genius on the offensive side of the ball, but also a great guy in general. Like, um, you know, we always see these uh, great, you know, people in the NFL. Like Dan Campbell was adopted a lot from, you know, Sean Payton. Um, and you know, plenty of other, you know, great leaders and just personalities in the NFL that make head coaches great. You look at Mike Tomlin. I mean, he is just an incredible person. Uh, you know, a former player, uh, a guy that you know just he, everybody love. Everybody loves him. You know, so that's what that that's what makes him so you know respected there. Um, you know, not only in Pittsburgh but the entire NFL. I mean, he is easily one of my you know top three, top five head coaches in the NFL. Uh, I think Mike Tom is an incredible coach. Um, so yeah, kind of a characteristic with Sean Payton. I think he has, like I said, an infectious leadership. It rubs off on the players. You know, you you look at your captains that you know just take a lot from what Sean Payton gives them and apply it to their um you know the DB rooms, the wide receiver rooms, the O line rooms. It it just spreads all around your team, and that's exactly what you want here in Denver. It's exactly what Sean Payton's going to bring. Um, he brings an aggressive uh you know attention to detail. I talked, you know, I heard a lot about Albright talking. You know, Sean Payton's aggressive attention to detail. How he focuses so much on the little things, the fundamentals. That's where it starts in your offense and your defense. And that, like I said, that kind of that that just rubs off to the to the whole team and you know spreads uh, throughout your uh, players on the roster. Yeah, I agree. Um, I feel like Sean Payton, one of those guys, like you said, like Mike Tomlin, where players love the, you know, the culture that he brings to a franchise, that it's all about the team and it's all about winning. And I feel like that's what the Broncos needed. We didn't need another. To me, I don't think we need another first year guy who's going to try to establish something new. Um, I thought D'Amico could probably change the culture around here, but it's not really what we needed. We needed a guy like Sean Payton to come in. He's gonna make the player. He's gonna make players want to come to Denver and be a part of the culture in Denver. Like they were, they were talking about Denver is one of the legendary NFL franchises. They're known for winning. Like we're not known for this the last seven years. We're not known for yeah. being a team that's just down, can't make the playoffs in seven years. Like we've never been that team. Even in even like the years that we were just middle of the pack, we still fought and competed, and it was never this bad. And Sean Payton is like 
like you talked about how the fan, it's a football city in Denver. The fans are just great. You know, we're way better than the Saints fans. You know what I'm saying? We're just – it is what it is. And I feel like we got to establish that back. We lost track of that, bringing in all these first-year head coaches, trying to establish something new to try to go with the way the NFL is. But sometimes, you know, you just can't break old habits just with what the Broncos are. We, we do better with experienced head coaches. We're not a franchise that likes to take on these first-year head coach guys and run with it. History speaks for itself. Gary Kubiak, John Fox, uh, Mike Shanahan, and now Sean Payton. I mean, we we just have more success with those type of guys. And I just can't wait because once, like, after the first year starts rolling and stuff like that and guys start seeing the kind of culture that's in Denver and that it's not all about what Russell Wilson wants. It's about what the Broncos need and what the Broncos want, to, you know, to accomplish and not just Russell Wilson. Man, we're just going to take off. And that's just what it is. Because it's, it's a lot of guys in the locker room who've been on it, who've been on this team. You know, guys like Brandon McManus, Tim Patrick, who's been here since like the days that we were winning and been around winning guys. And now all of those guys are gone. And now you're just like, man, I, my whole career I've been in Denver, man. We've just been terrible. We've been losing. And it's time to get back to those winning days. It is. Because being at the bottom of the, the, the division is something that's new to us. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, and I mean, talk about not being used to losing. I mean, you look at Jerry Judy being from Bama, absolutely deserves better. He deserves so, so much better. Um, I mean, Javante Williams had some good winning days there at NC, and the list goes on. I mean, you look at guys like Justin Simmons, though, poor dude. I mean, he came, he comes right after, you know, we win the Super Bowl, and it's like you just completely fell off a cliff. I mean, your your team hasn't made the playoffs ever since that Super Bowl. I, mean, I don't think we've ever seen, like, a turnaround this bad. And these guys, they absolutely deserve the absolute utter best. And we could list, you know, a dozen more players. I mean, these guys d- deserve a lot better. And you take a, you take a, uh, you know, a winning football city from that history, and you know that type of, you know, Super Bowl contention, you know, playoffs with Peyton Manning almost every year. That's the expectation year in, year in, and year out. And then you take a guy like Sean Payton coming from, you know, New Orleans, who he made, he honestly made a great football city. I mean, before he came there, I mean, what what really were the Saints? I mean, he got them their first first Super Bowl. What really were the Saints? So I mean, Sean yeah. Payton, he's gonna. That just shows some measures. He's gonna change. The culture, and then you take a Broncos history that already has that winning culture, and you mesh it to a Sean Payton. I, I'm just super excited thinking about it. I mean, it, just look at what he did with the Saints, and then look what he's going to do with a guy like Russell Wilson, who already has won a Super Bowl, and a Broncos culture that already has won multiple Super Bowls and has that winning history. I'm just super excited for it. Yeah, and I mean, like, I feel like just back to what I was saying, Denver kind of steered away from what was right. I mean, you see, once we let Kubiak go, once Payton left and everything like that, we tried to go in a new direction. And we missed on a lot of our draft picks early, made some shaky roster decisions. And one of the main things that we let go was being aggressive all around when it came to drafting, free agency, and just picking the right head coach. Um, it's, it's a lot of guys to blame for that with the organization. But, I mean, a lot of those guys aren't there anymore. So now you're starting to see this new group come in and, you know, that's kind of one of the things that a lot of people forget. Like the Broncos, this happened because of one, we didn't have an ownership. So now Pat Bowen, you know, he passed away and, he, you know, he got sick and passed away. And so now, like, his family was running it, John Elway, Joe Ellison, those guys. And they just, they didn't really do that much for good of a job after that, you know, after Peyton Manning left and they got exposed for it. So now we got an ownership group and you just see the kind of takeoff we got. We get a new general manager who wants to win and knows that you have to make aggressive moves and be aggressive to win. And, mm-hmm. you know, just bringing in somebody, like you said, like Sean Payton, it's just, you know what you're going to get. It's, it screams like, 
okay, we want to win. We don't care that, yeah, we got Russ, and people going to say that it's a bad trade. Yeah, we had a terrible year, year that we did expect. Denver went right away and fixed the problem, bringing in Sean Payton, stayed aggressive. They don't care that they gave up three first and three seconds for those guys because I'm going to be honest, and let's be real, two years ago, if you would have asked the majority of the NFL franchises, would you give up three first and three second round picks future for Shopford to get a duo of Sean Payton and Russell Wilson, they would have took it in a heartbeat. And that's just what it is. I mean, when you get those two guys coming into your building, change is going to happen. And I'm just so glad Broncos, we got new ownership. We got a general manager that wants to win and we're just hitting on our draft picks. We're drafting smart and we're not, and we know that we have to be aggressive. Like we're a team that loves to build through free agency. We hit draft picks, you know, occasionally, but we're a team like our Super Bowl. We want our Super Bowl by bringing in free agents. Peyton yeah. Manning, Akita Lee, TJ Ward, Darian Stewart, uh, Demarcus Ware, Manuel Sanders. Uh, I know we didn't win one with them, but Wes Walker. Like we just bring in guys, and that's just that's the type of team that we are. Like we're not a team that's gonna be the blueprint to, you know, draft and hire these first-year head coaches, wait years to develop. No, we're an aggressive team, bring in guys, win now. That's just Denver. And I'm just glad that we're staring back to it. Yeah, you make a great point. That's like the history and like the roots of what has always worked for us. And you talk about the first time head coaches. Historically, this team has been able to find success by getting proven guys, not first time head coaches. So it's like we're going back to that and you got to be excited about it. It's not the most exciting thing, but when you're getting a guy like Sean Payne, it's pretty damn exciting because he's one of the most winning, winningest, you know, head coaches of all time. So super excited about it um and then the last thing about sean payton last two things he's got a lot of swag i mean <laughs> emmanuel emmanuel sanders the day we traded for sean payton immediately posts that video of what uh you know drew Brees was uh, attempting to do to the, the gritty in the locker room after they won the nfc south title it's hilarious i mean drew Brees is uh you know living it up there they're all just vibing man that, that i remember that day they that video went vi- uh, you know viral and everybody was looking at that clip um, you obviously got him, you know, vibing with uh, Jameis Winston in the locker, and we've seen those videos uh, with him with his, his uh, crutches. But yeah, it, it's just it's just really it's just really cool to see. Sean Payne brings a lot of swag. I've been watching a lot of interviews and stuff, and everybody just talks about how you know Sean Payne drips with a lot of confidence. You know, you can literally walk yeah, in a room, and you you can feel the confidence from him. Like he knows in an offense that he is one of the best minds in the NFL. I mean, we, we uh, heard from Colin Coward. He's talking a lot about how he's had multiple, you know, um, dinners with Sean Payton over, you know, the last year or so as they both work for Fox sports. Um, and he just talks about every time he's with Sean Payton, he just says that he learned, he has never learned so much from a person in the NFL than he has with Sean Payton. And he has never felt so much confidence, you know, in an aura from a guy in the NFL than he has with Sean Payton. I think this guy, Sean Payton, he knows what he is. He doesn't question it. He is very comfortable, very confident in his abilities. And I think day one, he's going to come in here and he is just going to straighten out this roster, straighten out every guy on this team and make this guy, every player on this team, the best man that they could possibly be. Yeah. And I think, um, him being that type of guy, it does so well for the team because it gives those guys confidence. And I think what a lot of people forget is we have a very young team. It's not a very veteran's team. A lot of the guys that are playing, they're like young, you know, been in the league a few years, and they need, you know, confidence. They need that that confidence booster. Like, man, we start off three and four. We need our coach to have our back, not hang our heads and not just let the media get to us like it did last year. Sean Payton's going to instill that, man confidence that man you're playing like you're in the nfl like you're like you know what i'm saying like have that fight and 
you know, Jerry Rosberg brought that out for them last year. You know, you look at when they yeah. think your, your coach gets fired after you get blown out on Christmas. It's the biggest blowout in franchise history and most embarrassing loss in franchise history. And you, you know, your points skyrocket from, you know, from averaging 15 to 27. And you, you almost beat the Chiefs who won the Super Bowl. You beat the Chargers who are a playoff team. It, it speaks volumes on the top, you know, that the guys that we have and what they can be. And I think Sean Payton chose that job because of that, chose our job because of that. I mean, confidence is key. And we need Russ to continue to have his confidence, guys like Jerry Judy to bring out – just guys bringing out confidence in everybody. And that's what we need. Yeah, and then the most important thing, something that Hackett, we bashed him the most for on this podcast, holding your players accountable for all the mistakes. He is so excellent at doing this. He treats everyone fair. I was watching um, the uh, the new uh, home team or, uh, from last year, the home team movie uh, that Kevin James plays Sean Payton. It, it was a pretty bad movie. I'm not going to lie, but it was hilarious because it's, it's, it's Kevin James. But I remember in the, uh, in the movie, um, one thing they were talking about that they – they did pretty well correlating to Sean Payton was he, he treats everyone fairly. He doesn't, you know, favorite anybody unless your name's Drew Brees, but um, he, he, he holds everybody to the same level, the same accountability he treats everybody, you know, equally fairly. You don't notice any favoritism like you did with Hackett and Melvin Gordon. You don't notice any favoritism. I was with, just about to say that I was just about like, to hit on that. Like if Sean Payton was our head coach and you got a guy coming out there losing you football games, like, Fumbling away and it's not getting better. You're, you're gonna have to get sat down or you're gonna have to get cut. And it is one of those things like it's a it's a team sport. Like you can't just keep saying we're gonna give you a second chance, make up for it, man. People make mistakes, but you gotta fight back and make up, make up for it. Sometimes that's just not the case. Sometimes guys just aren't good. Sometimes guys aren't good enough to do that. And that's not gonna fly away with Sean Payton. He's gonna play the guys that deserve, you know, their spots. They're gonna earn their spots and they're gonna work, you know, that works for it. And they're not gonna get every single second chance in the book. Bill Gordon got like five second chances until Nathaniel Hack said, okay, we gotta cut you. Like that's not gonna that's not gonna last here because that's how you end up losing football games. Keep giving guys second chances, they mess up, you end up having a losing record because of it. So yeah, you're right. Yeah, yeah. And I, I think that, you know, Obviously, Sean Payton was in that situation. He never would have let that slide. And I think to a certain extent, you got to give your players second chances and prove that you trust in them. But when you're losing games, fumbling away games like Melvin Gordon, it's really hard to do that. And after a certain amount of times, they definitely should have just cut it off with Melvin Gordon. Um, I saw I read somewhere in an article um, that that Chargers game where Damari Mathis starts after Ronald Darby gets uh you know, injured, tears the ACL off of the season. You know, everybody's just kind of like, man, we don't really know what to think about this corner room. You got an all-pro, you know-esque player like Pastor Tan. Um, but then after that, you're really kind of shaky about what's going to look like. You know, multiple DPI calls um, on Damari Mathis in that first half. And it's like a lot of the fan base is, you know, frustrated. That coaching staff is a little questionable on Damari Mathis, the way that's going to go in the game. But at halftime, I read that Gio Evero, looked at Damari Mathis going, you know, into halftime and said, I'm not going to go away from you. You're going to finish out this game. I believe in you. I trust you. You're going to go ahead and ride it out for the rest of this game and prove that you can be a starting corner in this league. I think that is so, so awesome. And the fact that, you know, he showed that as a coach, I think Sean Payne's going to carry that a lot as well. He will admire that about Avera. Hopefully he brings him back. We're, we're going to talk about that in a little bit, but I think that's yeah, really uh, cool to watch. But when you're doing it like Nathaniel Hackett, it, 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 with Melvin Gordon, it's just a much different situation. All right, so yeah, now we're going to go ahead and jump into uh, all of the candidates that we are uh, going to kind of keep an eye on in the next few days 
um, as we uh, look for a new coaching staff around Sean Payne for the offensive coordinator and defensive coordinator. So before we kind of jump into this, um, so we got new, some news um, this morning that kind of, was kind of telling on what the Broncos are going to do. Um, so we got some news that Vic Fangio, it is indeed uh, confirmed that he will be, uh, you know, signing with the Miami Dolphins um, to become the pay- highest paid coordinator in football. Um, and will be their uh, defensive coordinator um, after the Super Bowl. That is a done deal, um, according to multiple reports. So um, he has, you know, confirmed that himself. The contract is not finished, but it is going to happen. Um, so he will not be in Denver uh, in the contest for their uh, DC position anymore. Um, we can finally stop hearing about all the Sean Payton and uh, Vic Fangio connections. Um, and we also got some news that uh, Sean Payton will be meeting with um, DC uh, Zero Evero today to uh, t- to uh, talk about potentially being um, in the, the next Broncos defensive coordinator and kind of talk about their future a little bit and what his uh, head coach search is looking like and where his mind is at with uh, if he potentially wants to leave for maybe the uh, Vikings DC job or uh, maybe the Rams DC job opens back up and he wants to go back and coach with Sean McVay. But um, lots of uh, different scenarios that could pan out for uh, Ezio Evero. But um, we're kind of looking at that right now as, the, you know, the storylines um, for the Broncos DC spot right now. But let's go ahead and jump into some of these candidates. Um, so right now, let's go ahead and start with the uh, offensive side of the ball. So we got Dan Rouchard, who I think is a very, very, very realistic chance for um, the Broncos OC spot. I right now in my mind, I have two th- two people who I think could really be in um, the running for the Broncos OC's position. Obviously, Sean Payne will be calling plays, but his coaching staff is going to matter a lot if we're going to be in a big playoff run, which I do highly expect this uh, upcoming season. Um, so Dan Richard was uh, he was a former Saints running backs coach, tight ends coach, offensive line coach, and run game coordinator for the New Orleans Saints in his time with Sean Payton and even last year. But he just recently um, was let go and he is uh definitely considered to be um you know in the running for the oc position considering his uh his uh, long history and friendship with sean payton yeah um for me if i had to have picked um an officer coordinator i still think it's going to be um joe lombardi i think that's just the name that we keep hearing um but it, it could be a lot of guys from the saints um as far as like you know, assistant coaches, there's gonna be a lot of former Saints guys, a lot of guys he's worked with in the past. DC, I'm just I'm glad I heard about the news too about uh Maggio Evero, you know, him meeting, he's gonna be meeting with Sean Payton to discuss it further. And I think that he will be brought back. But a guy I'll say keep eye on that could probably be coming over to be on the staff is Chris Richards. I think he was just let go by the Saints. He was like their co-defensive coordinator, secondary coach, or something like that. I, he's probably gonna be on this staff too. Yeah, Chris Richard, he's someone who's gotten a lot of high praise from, you know, not only Sean Payne, but from that Saints staff as well. And it feels like that's uh, that's one of the hires I'm seeing from a lot of Saints fans that fe- feels very uh, unjustified. Um, the, you know, that Saints defense, it feels like um, he, Chris Richard wasn't really the uh, the blame for a lot of that, you know, the defensive woes and whatnot. And the offense is most certainly, and we can all agree that was the big weakness of their team this year. But yeah, it, that, 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 you know, let, that uh fire on uh, Chris Richard parts then parting ways doesn't feel very uh, justified and that's something you like you uh, like you said they should uh all of Broncos country if we can't retain uh Zero Evero he's probably the front runner for the DC job unless we're completely missing out on uh, someone that he has uh, under the radar at the moment um but yeah and then uh, going back to the offensive side of the ball I want to also uh, hit a few more uh, candidates because I feel like there's a lot of guys we could um, potentially get um so you brought up uh, Joe Lombardi obviously just got fired by the Chargers after uh, their uh, you know meltdown against the Jaguars in the playoffs 
Um, he was a longtime uh, Saints quarterbacks coach. He's there for a long, long time. Um, that's another one where I'm sure Sean Payton feels like he would be much better under him rather than under Brandon Staley. Um, you know, in his coaching staff, um, and that connection never really felt too. You know, um, I don't know. It never really felt too. Uh, you know understandable considering they don't really have too much experience together, but you know, Brandon Staley thought that was the right hire, but they ended up letting him go. So, I mean, that's what he had to do to save his job is what he had to do, I guess. But um, so next I kind of, I have Joe Brady, a guy who was um, offensive assistant with the hmm. saints in 2018, um, really intriguing option. Um, he was a former Panthers OC. He was a quarterback's coach for Joe Burrow and LSU. And he's a current Bills quarterback's coach uh, with Josh Allen, someone who's receiving a lot of high praise for opening offensive coordinator vacancies. Um, I think he's a really intriguing, interesting option. Um, I don't judge him too much for his time in Carolina. I know a lot of people immediately, you know, come at him for what, you know, what went down there in Carolina. But Matt Rule is a, a nutcase. Um, and I, I honestly, um, you know, obviously his, his play calling, you know, time wasn't the best, but um, I think he he's not going to be calling plays here. He has experience with Sean Payton. Um, he's someone that is close to Sean Payton. Um, he has experience in that West Coast offense. So I think it would be it would be an interesting fit here. I mean, he's still a young guy that could learn under Sean Payton as well. So I, I, I like this option here. Yeah, I'm kind of up in the air about Joe Brady. I mean, I, I follow the Panthers a little bit closely and. Joe Brady was just kind of – he wasn't that great of an OC, but then again, he won't be calling plays. He'll probably just be there to, you know, um, give advice and things like that, help Sean Payton in a way. Yeah, but I, I wouldn't mind it just because we have a Sean Payton. But, I mean, yeah, the background's there, like you say, you know, was with the Saints and, you know, all, you know just – Knows Sean Payton, you know, well, obviously, because, you know, he's at LSU, the Saints, stuff like that. He's worked with some good quarterbacks. So, I mean, Broncos might end up going with them, but I honestly don't know. I mean, for now, Justin Auden still has the job, I think. So, it's going to be – I just think Vic Lombardi is the only guy I think they'll bring in where they'll, like, move Justin Auden out and say, okay, we're going to bring in Vic, uh, Joe Lombardi. So, but I, I think Joe Brady's is kind of a – it's a long shot that I think, you know, see us hiring him because – Man, his Carolina days were something else. Jesus. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't really see Justin Allen coming back, honestly, in any capacity. I think right. maybe there's like a, I would say like a 25% chance that he comes back as tight ends coach. But I, I don't really think he comes back. I think um, relationships are going to be a big key in this uh, staff he builds uh, here in Denver. I think the one, you know, uh, you know, exception you would make is Zero Evero, obviously one of the best DCs in football. Um I'll, and then the one candidate who I think everybody is just not talking about for whatever reason, and I think he um, – obviously everybody has a lot a strong opinion about him, but at the end of the day, they both have a strong connection. It's Doug Marone, the former head coach for the Jaguars and current Saints offensive line coach. Um, this is someone a lot of people have talked about, Sean Payne being very close with, a great friendship, relationship. Um, he personally was the reason that uh, Doug Marone came to New Orleans – um, I think this is a very strong candidate that not too many people are talking about. And honestly, I'm putting a big circle around Doug Marone and Dan Rouchard. I think that's probably going to be your guys' next offensive coordinator. Okay. So you're saying Doug Marone? Yeah, I think that's a 
big. I think he has the former head coaching experience. Uh, we can say what you want about that, but at the end of the day, he's not going to be calling plays. He has the experience. He he knows this West Coast offense. Um, you know, he's a great great game planner. And then the most important thing, the Broncos' weakest spot on their offense is the offensive line, and that's where he specializes in. So, um, I would he's, not be too opposed at all to this. And honestly, he might even come here as an O line coach if Mike Munchak doesn't want to return. He's the He's the um he was the former Jags coach if I'm correct right yeah Wasn't that's what I former... said yeah okay yeah I just okay uh yeah I mean I wouldn't mind it it's just good it's good to have as much coaching experience on your staff as it can be but um yeah I, I wouldn't mind Doug Marone at all uh but I would just love I, I didn't think us getting rid of Mike Munchak was a smart decision at all I felt like that was one of the what a young offensive line I feel like you need to keep him around but I would obviously go back to see if he wants to come back to Denver because. That should be one of our top priorities, matter as a matter of fact, for him coming back to Denver. Yeah, and then the last one, I think um, a lot of people have been speculating about. I don't think I think this is probably the least realistic of the five options I listed. Uh, is Jim Caldwell? I'm um, a guy who has experience. Um, obviously, has, has played a lot of games against Sean Payton. Um, obviously, Sean Payton won the Super Bowl against Peyton Manning. Um, you know, uh, there. And so obviously the surprise uh, onside kick in the second half, very infamous. Um, I think uh, Joe, or excuse me, Jim Caldwell is a very intriguing option, um, veteran option. He has experience. Um, if Sean Payne wants an experienced coaching staff, he'll bring in Jim Caldwell. But I think Jim Caldwell, if he wants to go somewhere, he wants to either be a, you know, offensive consultant, um, an OC that calls plays, isn't just kind of sitting back. But I, I think it's something to kind of, kind of keep uh, in the back of your head as a dark horse option. Um, so going to the defensive side of the ball, Vic Fangio cross off. Uh, we talked about Chris Richard. And then um, the last one uh, I kind of have my, uh, you know, option circled around is uh, Christian Parker, the DB's coach for um, the Denver Broncos at the moment. I feel like people are kind of writing him off, but if Avero leaves for another DC job or even a head coaching job there in potentially Indy or uh, Arizona, I think he's uh Chris Christian Parker deserves a lot of credit. I mean, what he's done with the, the DBs that we have on our team, especially Damari Mathis, is a huge testament to his coaching abilities and, uh, you know, a big, uh, a big you know, kind of highlight on his resume in a sense. Yeah, I mean, I, I would have to agree. I mean, Chris Parker probably would be – like, I feel like if we were to get another D.C., it would either be um, Chris Richard, you know, like you said, or just probably somebody that we call up in-house, somebody that worked closely with Evro, and that would be Chris Parker. So, I mean, I wouldn't be mad at it because – Azure Everett's defense was spectacular. So anything that we can get, like if he leaves that's somewhat similar to what he ran, would just be perfect because Patrick Sertan and Justin Simmons thrived in that system. Yeah, Ryan Nielsen, he was the co-DC in uh, New Orleans. He got a lot of praises offseason. He goes uh, to be the DC for the Falcons. He spent time as the DB's coach in um, Green Bay. And Christian Parker was a uh, DB's coach and uh, analyst there in Green Bay. And uh, the, the Denver Broncos brought him over, uh, you know, as their DB's coach. Uh, former Packers guy, Sean Payton liked and Ryle Nielsen. A former Packers guy, Christian Parker, maybe uh, Sean Payton has some connections here that he would like to promote him in-house. Something to watch uh, for sure. I like Christian Parker a lot. I think he he deserves his credit. Um, so I, I wouldn't be uh, opposed to bringing, uh, you know, elevating Christian Parker with a defense that already has a veteran pieces, already has great pieces, already top their unit in football. Um, so I think they're uh, a very, um, you know, th- he's in a very, you know, avid, 
a very at a very good advantage to call plays as a first time you know play caller with a great DC or excuse me a great defense already in place uh you know for this Denver team um so yeah with that being said uh, is there any more options we have uh, potentially as uh you know for our OC and DC spots um OC from the from the jump I wanted um David Shaw I thought he would be a great DC. I mean, I'm sorry, great OC for us. I thought that you know us being us getting him as a head coach was good, but I felt like his strength more would be like an offensive coordinator type. That's just my ideal offensive coordinator. I mean, a lot of people would probably go um, Joe Lombardi and everybody like that, but I would just love David Shaw to be there um, for the defensive coordinator. It's still going to be a zero Evero um, for me, but if he were to leave. Um, if, if he were to like go somewhere else, I feel like the Broncos should take a run in Steve Wilkes. I feel like, I mean, I, you could bring up somebody in house, but I just still think you want somebody who's overseen the unit before it can just get the defense back fired up. I mean, you see what he did in Carolina with their defense and we have more talent than Carolina. So yeah, I mean, I, those are just the guys I look at. Yeah. It's an interesting option there. Um, Davis Shaw, I had him on my list last night, but I honestly took him out there. I don't see any connections dating back uh, with him and Sean Payne at all, but he, he definitely isn't a, uh, interesting option because a lot of NFL executives have talked about, you know, you know, just raved about David Shaw talking about how they're surprised he hasn't made it back to the NFL yet. Um, and, you know, that's because he was a head coach there a long time at Stanford, but now that he stepped down, maybe he's thinking about a, a return to the NFL, but um Obviously, he interviewed for that Broncos head coaching position, as a lot of you guys know. Maybe he wants to be the OC here. Uh, who who knows? Um, he's definitely I, – I would – like you said, I would consider him a candidate at this point. But um, I, I personally um, – I'm not, I'm not too sure about it, to be honest. Um, yeah, so now that uh, wraps up everything about just Sean Payton, his characteristics, his offense, breaking that down, what it's going to look like um, for this Broncos team, his background, his history, everything. I hope you guys learned so much um, from this episode covering all that. I want to just go ahead and cover off the uh, episode um, asking you uh, a one question. A lot of people have been talking about the last few days, um, especially today and last night. Um, so as some of you guys already know, um, I posted on my Instagram about, um, you know, Sean Payton talking about his love for the Denver Broncos uh, football city and the tradition, the fan base, how he loves it so much. And Brandon Cooks actually liked the post. So maybe there's, and he's been liking a lot of, um, you know, Denver tweets recently, Denver Broncos tweets uh, recently. And Russell Wilson, we've seen him liking some uh, um, Brandon Cooks uh, tweets, which is really interesting because in, in, in the past, before the Sean Payton trade, we haven't seen any of this. And now it seems like he wants to reunite with uh, Sean Payton here in Denver. So my question is to you, and we've talked a little bit about Michael Thomas as well. Would you rather trade for Brandon Cooks or sign Michael Thomas if he is cut by New Orleans? I mean, I'm going with the obvious choice here, Trey, for Brandon Cooks. I think Michael Thomas, we don't know what we're going to get from him. It's going to be one of those um, low-risk, high-reward kind of things. He's not going to be here on a much expensive deal. You got to deal with the injuries and stuff like that, him coming back. And just his motivation to play the game is very in question, you know, just seeing, like, what he's done the past years with the Saints. Um Brandon Cooks is a dog. He's a very underrated wide receiver. I mean, he's just consistent. A thousand yard wide receiver is going to get a lot of catches. He can make big plays on the field. I mean, he had Davis Mills as a quarterback and he's still putting up numbers. I mean, Brandon Cooks is very underrated. A lot of people forget about him. And a lot of people forget when Brandon Cooks was with Sean Payton and Drew Brees before they traded him off, Brandon, because he wanted to get paid, Brandon Cooks is one of the better wide receivers in the league. One of the more explosive wide receivers in the league. Nick, they called him, you know, the archer and everything like that. Was doing the uh, bow and arrow celebration. He was killing. Yeah. 
I mean, I would love, I mean, him, that's like a perfect fit. Like him and Russ, you know, Russ loves those speedster guys, like a Tyler Lockett kind of guy. And I feel like him, if he was to come to Denver, obviously that would probably mean, you know, some guys would have to get leave, probably like KJ, um, probably get mm-hmm. traded out too. But man, I man, I would love Brandon Cooks to come to Denver. That would just be the most, that would be a perfect fit. Uh, Russell Wilson got a big arm, Brandon Cooks. I mean, man. Ooh, I would love it. But the Texans low-key want a lot for him, though, from what they try to trade him for during the season. I think their asking price was like a second-round pick. So, obviously, I think, you know, now the price will probably be dropped. As I, The only thing with Denver is they would probably have to give up a future pick. Wouldn't be, obviously, this year. So, it would probably be my guess if we were to trade for Brandon Cooks. Probably be like a future fourth-round pick somewhere in that range. Because um, I, I don't know how much how many years he got left on his contract. But yeah, I'm, I'm yeah, I'm about to break all that down. Um, Brandon Cooks, he so everybody everybody talks about you know this dispute going on with Brandon Cooks and the Texans coaching staff and whatnot, and it's like he right now obviously he his heart is not in Houston if we're being honest. I mean he no, literally demanding he was demanding a trade at the trade deadline and he didn't get it. Obviously, um, I believe he played a little bit afterwards, um, but he even wanted to demand a release, and I'm assuming he's gonna go right back at it. I mean he's. He, we see this dude all the time on Twitter liking tweets about him, you know, deserving better and wanting to get out of there. And, um, you know, you know, people saying, oh, yeah, let's go get uh, Brandon Cooks to the, you know, Packers or whatever it is. And he's always liking those tweets like he he just wants out of Houston. He wants his respect. He wants his money. Um, So, you know, he's getting that in Houston, but he just wants his respect. And um, he and you obviously wants to win football, too. I mean, that's a big thing. And now that Sean Payton's here in Denver, he I'm I guarantee you he has Denver circled. He knows what he can do with Sean Payton and his offense. Um, I would love it. Um, my answer to that question is yes, I would I would rather trade for Brandon Cooks. And I know that's crazy for the Broncos fans saying, Oh, well, we just gave up, you know, even more draft capital for a head coach. And while after we just traded, you know, two two firsts and the two seconds for Russ and whatnot. And you know, I understand where you guys are coming from, but I actually think the price is going to be pretty low for Brandon Cooks. I'm thinking like a like a fifth, even maybe a sixth, just because his contract it, it looks it looks pretty uh, hefty. You know, Brandon Cooks he has a base salary of 18 million, a cap hit of 26.4 million in 2023. That's a that's a damn a lot. That's like that's like average quarterback money right there. Um, so I think. If a team's gonna get him, they have all the leverage in the world. Whereas the Texans, they have a big, you know, cap it with him. So, um, they, the team trading for him is gonna have the leverage because they're like, this is an expensive ass receiver. It's like we're not gonna trade a second for a guy who's gonna immediately be taking up a bunch of cap space. And I think for the Broncos fans that are looking at this, you should probably expect, you know, a fifth rounder maybe to. Um, to Houston for this deal and then immediately a restructure of his contract. Um, he's going to become a free agent in 2025. Um, so he's still under contract for the next few years, but I think you guys can expect a, a restructure here. And then with Michael Thomas, um, in 2023, he only has a $1.1 million base salary in 2023, which is really low. Um, so that means the Saints are gonna. I you've seen you've been seeing a lot of like the Saints being more, um, you know, lenient towards just you know, cutting Michael Thomas rather than trading him. It seems like the more realistic option at this point. It seems like his time in New Orleans is coming to an end. Um, but he does have a $13.5 million cap it um, in 2023, 2024, he has uh, a much heftier, you know, big, uh, you know, not in term numbers in terms of contract uh, base salary is 18.5 million. And if th- this is going to shock a lot of you guys and don't freak out, but in 2024, he has a $59.4 million cap hit. So he's going to take, He's gonna need to, and I know me and you have talked about in previous episodes. He's gonna need to take a massive, 
you know, pay friendly deal here in Denver. And if he's going to do that with any team, it's going to be uh, in Sean Payton's offense. Yeah, I mean, Michael Thomas, I mean, he's one of those – I would love for him to come to Denver, but it just seems too good to be – he's one of the things that seems too good to be true. I think more realistically it will be Brandon Cooks. I feel like – but I just feel like Denver won't do it unless they really think that they need another weapon. If they really don't believe in K.J. Hamler to be that guy, then I think they'll trade for Brandon Cooks. But I don't think they're just going to sit there and say, okay, first thing we need to do is trade for Brandon Cooks. I don't think it's going to be that. But I think if there's one player from like the Sean Payton, former players and everything like that to follow him, it would definitely be Brandon Cooks because he already wants out. He's already liking all up in the Broncos stuff, Broncos business. So we'll see how it goes. But, yeah, I didn't know he was making that much. That's that's crazy. Yeah, because I, I looked at his guarantee. His, his base salary is $18 million next season, and then in 2024 it's $13 million. So, yeah. that's a lot for a wide receiver. That's 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 yeah. that's – he'll be making around with – Quillen and Tim are making, but more. So, I mean, it's worth it. Though. I mean, you could have got like Brandon Cooks, man. He's gonna ball out with Russell Sean Payton. I mean, he's gonna be, he's gonna ball out. He's gonna ball out. It's that simple. Yeah, and it's not like these guys are old. They're both 29 years old. So it, yeah. for the people acting like they're out of their prime, they're not. And Brandon Cooks is it, – it's kind of crazy to say, but he's only getting better, which is insane. I mean, obviously he, his prime was there in New Orleans, but he's still putting up crazy numbers with, you know, you know, I wouldn't say bum quarterbacks, but pretty below average quarterbacks. I mean, every every season he plays almost like a full season. He's getting 1,000 yards, and, we're gonna, and he's a touchdown machine. I mean – Look at his t- his touchdown numbers from like this year was one of his worst years, but that's because you know he sat out a lot and held out and didn't his heart wasn't in it for the Texans and they had Davis Millstone on the ball. But I mean he's two he had back to back a thousand yard seasons in Houston with six touchdowns, averaging fourteen yards a catch, 11, 12 yards a catch. I mean in those New Orleans days, look at his number. My God, uh, eleven hundred yeah, yards, eleven hundred yards, nine touchdowns, eight touchdowns. Averaging 13 and a half yards a catch, 15, 15 yards a catch, 80. I mean, God, he's catching the majority of the balls thrown at him, too. I've been wanting Brandon Cook since the trade deadline last year. I've been talking about this for a while. And now that Sean Payton's here, it just makes it, you know, it makes you a lot, a lot more, uh, you know, hopeful for him to come to, you know, to Denver. And I still, I still think the Broncos need a weapon at wide receiver. I think the availability of KJ Hamler is just too much in question for them to go into the season with him being, you know, the team being comfortable as the wide receiver for. And I know Sean Payton's going to identify that right away looking at this roster. I'm sure he already has. And, uh, you know, uh, you know, showing that in the interviews to the Broncos and what he would do with this offense. But yeah, I think in the, you know, in staying on the topic of, you know, Brandon cooks, we've seen in the past years that the Broncos, they've been kind of like, you know, past they've been kind of like wait they wait for the market to pan out. So I don't think they would go right away and trade for Brandon Cooks. They're just known for kind of waiting for the market to pan out. And I know um you're probably thinking we got Sean Payne now. We're gonna be aggressive. Well we even him, you know, in the Broncos, they've always been kind of passive aggressive. Like they yeah. wait a while, like we saw with D- DJ Jones, and then they give him a big contract, waiting for the market to see how that is. And you know, um, they just they just kind of they played out smart. Yeah, they played out smart, and then they I'd say they stole Randy Gregory for the same price right away from Dallas. Um, they're just kind of passive aggressive, and I think that's what you're going to see here with um, Brandon Cooks. I see the argument to both, you know, Michael Thomas and Brandon Cooks. I see it, I get it. Michael Thomas was, you know, claimed as a wide receiver one for a few years there in uh, New Orleans, obviously breaking the receiving uh, the receptions uh, record. But he, 
if we're going to get Michael Thomas, you should probably expect uh, probably Cortland Sutton to be traded. Um, you know, obviously he's on that a little bit of a hefty contract, and that's just going to be a lot of money going to the wide receiver room. I would yeah. expect, you know, Michael Thomas to bit, take a big hit. But in terms of a schematic standpoint, I don't think Cortland Sutton and, uh, you know, Michael Thomas and then also Jerry Judy is really going to be a bit. And then Tim Patrick, I mean, all those guys, it's not going to be a really big schematic, you know, stance in this offense. I know you talked about early on how he loves his uh, speedy slot options. Um, and that's exactly what Brandon Cooks could be here in Denver. So I think from a schematic standpoint, uh, Brandon Cooks is a much, much better fit here in Denver than whereas Michael Thomas is. But if they're going to, if they want Michael Thomas, they're going to have to get rid of Corlin Sun, most likely. Yeah. And I've been kind of saying, like, you know, one of the guys I think could be moved was either going to be KJ or it was going to be Cortland Sutton. And I think now with Sean Payton, just going off his past history, it might be Cortland Sutton. And I think that, you know, he hasn't taken the step that they wanted him to take. They think that he was supposed to take. And I just think, you know, fitting in Sean Payton's office is going to be a little bit difficult for him because he's not, you know, he's not the fastest guy, but he's the biggest guy, but he's not the fastest guy. You know what I'm saying? And, I don't know how that's going to fit too well. So we do get a guy like Brandon Cooks. It might be Corlin Sutton on his way out too. Not just – you never know. Sean Payton might love K.J. Hamler. I mean, he's small, you know, small guy, fast, can mm-hmm. catch, and he's just he can take off. So you never know. We bring in a guy like Brandon Cooks. We might need to get somebody, you know, get rid of somebody who's got the same kind of cap issue, and it might be Corlin Sutton. Get, you know, get some of the picks back that we lost in the Sean Payton deal. I could very much see that happening. I'm not saying I want Corlin Sutton to go. I love Corlin Sutton, but it's just it's one of those things that just might happen. You might they might cut bait with him. Yeah, sooner, I think yeah, sooner and sooner than a lot of people think too. Yeah, I think KJ Handler is one of those guys where it's gonna he's you know, given the fact he's on a rookie contract, he's probably gonna, you know, at least last it out till the trade deadline this next season. Um, then they'll maybe if he doesn't perform to expectations, if he misses a few games with, you know, maybe a hamstring injury or what whatnot, um, they're gonna probably look forward to, you know, trying to get it get out some uh some capital out of him. But he's gonna be a free agent after this upcoming year. So most likely the Broncos are gonna be able to get anything out of him. So really this year for him, uh it's gonna be a really make it or break it year. Um, he's going to need to have a big season this year. And he's going to most importantly need to uh, stay available for the Broncos this upcoming season. Cause uh, if the Broncos get Brandon Cooks, he's most likely just going to get outshined and he's just going to fall, uh, fall back. Yeah. Into the yeah he's going to fall. He's going to fall in the, in the depth chart and then probably going to be traded. Um, but just for everybody wondering about like Broncos free agency and stuff, Broncos are going to go after this off season. It's going to be a lot of the, you know, they're going to wait and see, like, you know, Amir said, but don't be surprised if they're going to go after a lot of cut candidates, like a lot of guys that get cut because of cap casualties. Don't be surprised if Denver goes after a lot of those guys, especially on the offensive line. Like I think about, I was reading that Andrews Pete is a cut candidate for the Saints. Like, you know, that, they trying to, that, you know, he could possibly be on the market. Like the Saints might cut bait with him. Um, I was reading that they might cut bait Michael Thomas. Um, it's a lot of stuff going on in New Orleans right now. Like a lot of stuff, like a lot of guys want to get out of New Orleans right now. Um, so yeah, and, we'll see. And I, yeah, I believe they're in a cap hell too, aren't they? Yeah, they are. Um, they're really I bad. I don't mean to say too much, but like, um, my brother's really close friends with uh, Alvin Kamara. It's it, it's 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 a lot of stuff going on in New Orleans that a lot of people don't know about right now. That a, a lot of players might get moved, and a lot of guys might get cut. It's it's about to be a culture change in New Orleans. 
Interesting. Yeah, I I do I highly expect them to go in the opposite direction, uh, you know, soon, and it explains why they kept Dan, Dennis Allen. It's gonna kind of be like a I would I don't know if I would call it a tank year, but it maybe yeah. seem like it, it may be going that direction. And then they look for their their future at coach, uh, you know, the past season. He's gonna be the fall guy. Yeah, he's gonna be the fall guy. Like they're gonna go yeah. out and they're gonna have a pretty down year, and he's gonna be the fall guy. He's gonna take. He's gonna get fired. Um, Pretty sure I don't expect the Saints to be that good. Me personally, I don't expect Alvin Kamara to be there too much longer. Uh, just yeah, based on what I know, I, I don't think he's going to be there too much longer. I, it, I don't think he wants to. Be, I'm just he doesn't really want to be there anymore. So, um, yeah, I don't know what they're going to do with that. But yeah, but just for Denver free agency, expect a lot of cut candidates, especially on the offensive line, the defensive line. Like they're going to go after a lot of those veterans. Because especially now, you know, the cap is kind of tight with Russell Wilson and those receivers and things like that. Justin Simmons getting paid. You still got to pay Draymond Jones if they decide to pay Draymond Jones because Marcus Davisport is a free agent. And he might – Sean Payton might favor him over Draymond Jones. So, mm-hmm. but Denver's going to be – for all the guys, for all the positions they need, they don't have all the money for it. So, don't be surprised they go after these guys for cheap deals. Yeah, so uh, that's going to wrap up today's episode. Hope you guys enjoyed uh, today's, you know, long, long episode. I uh, hope you guys uh, stay with us to the end. Um, obviously, talked all the way from, uh, you know, Sean Payne's background history to his, uh, you know, cherishable, notable characteristics, what makes him a great head coach and a great person, all the way to the potential coaching staff he might build here with uh, plenty of OC and DC candidates. Um, then obviously the Brandon Cooks and Michael Thomas um, potentially, you know, joining Denver, uh, all their salary kit cap hit numbers um i mean look just to wrap up this episode i think you guys should really really be excited and just hopeful for this broncos future because sean payton is going to change the culture here from day one and make this a winning you know championship kind of mindset install that in every single you know player on this uh, 90 man roster come you know otas um when they you know they get those guys but I think he's going to change, you know, this not only the, um, you know, the tendencies uh, by this team, but also the record, you know, from day one. Honestly, I feel like Champagne. I'm just getting a really good feeling about him. Nathaniel Hackett got a really, you know, six kind of feeling to my stomach when he first got him. I had hope, didn't pan out. Champagne, I feel really, really damn good about. I'm just super excited for what he's going to, um, you know, you know, change for this team in the near future. Yeah. Um, last thing I'll say before we end things, um, I'm reading it right now. It says, if, if Evero stays one more year and gets a head coaching job after next year, the Broncos will oh, receive yeah. two third-round uh, compensation picks. So the Broncos will have their own third-round pick, the Saints third-round pick, plus two other compensation third-round picks. And that that that's a lot of ammo to try to trade and get players and just try to trade up, too, to get back a second-round pick. Yeah, like the Broncos, they need to replenish some of these picks because um, we've talked a lot about how these these rookie picks, they're not going to have as much of an effect, effect as Russell Wilson or Sean Payton would, but we need to get back some of these picks. I know George Payton loves his draft picks, but he also loves trading apparently too. So um, he, I would not be surprised if you guys, one of these three players, Garrett Bowles, Cortland Sutton, or KJ Hamler is trading the offseason to replenish some picks for sure. Um, and then, like you said, it would be just a perfect scenario if we can keep Averro, get some continuity for the defense this year, stay a top three unit, and then next year he gets his uh, his deserved opportunity as a head coach, and we get three, two, excuse me, two third round picks back. That would be just absolutely, uh, you know, 
perfect dream scenario for the Broncos. Um, but yeah, I hope you guys enjoyed today's episode. Uh, if you're listening on YouTube, make sure to hit the like button, subscribe right now. All that is got greatly appreciated. If you're listening on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, make sure you follow, have notifications turned on so you never miss an episode. Hope you guys enjoyed us. I'm going to break you down everything from top to bottom with uh, Sean Payne today. Um, all the accountability is going to hold on, not only the players and the coaching staff. Um, you guys are going to see plenty of that this year. Make sure to subscribe. Uh, you know, all that notifications on and whatnot. I uh, hope you guys enjoyed today's episode until the next one. Peace.